This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Homesdale Radio Preview Podcast. Crowdfunded by Palace fans for Palace fans. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Homesdale Radio Preview Podcast, episode 12. I'm really sorry, but I'm your host, Albert Curley, not of redandbluearmy.co.uk, and we're back for another look forward onto yet another one of those winnable fixtures that we seem to talk about a lot. Uh, like Scott Dan on Umaniassi, we'll briefly touch on the fallout from the weekend, but unlike Scott Dan with Sperone's pass, we won't dwell on it too much. Instead, we'll turn our attentions to this weekend's opposition, which sees us butt heads with Mark Hughes' Stoke City, or as I like to call them, Stoke. But before all of that, remember to head over to hlradio.net forward slash subscribe to ensure that you never miss another whole radio podcast ever again. Now, let's all do our best Umani Asse impressions and dive right in. So, uh, while Terence is away, I'm going to say it quite selfishly, uh, away on honeymoon, making sweet, sweet love. He's, uh, some say foolishly, Hambo mainly, left me in charge uh, to make sure you lot at home get some action too. Uh, however, I'm awfully tired, so I'm going to need some help with this. Uh, so tonight, carry me over the marital threshold. And yes, he has my consent. It's Tim Warren. Evening, Albert. How are you? I'm good, mate. How are you? Yeah, not bad. Not bad, thanks. Are you married? Uh, no, we're getting married uh, this year. Well, next June. Nice, during the off-season. Yeah, and it's a week before the World Cup starts. So, you know, I, I looked at the fixtures in advance. Did Yeah, I was going to say, did you have to sort of play that out like it was just a, a random time that was good? Or have you been completely honest, like you should if you're getting married? Oh, no, totally honest and upfront. I think it's best for all concerned in this, uh, you know, in this situation. Mate, good for you. And uh, Oh, my God, is that someone lurking in the corner of them watching? Completely uninvited. No, relax, everyone. It's only Nick Gussett. Nick, I'm not how used are you? to being here in the middle of the week. This is all strange. It's different. Weird, I isn't it? I feel like I've been sent somewhere else. Yeah, yeah, I'm really good. Really good. What's your marital status, Nick? Um, living in sin for 18 years. Complicated. No, simple. Oh. Just <laughs> never got married. Fair enough. But you, if you did get married, you'd do it during the off-season as well, wouldn't you? I wouldn't do it when we're playing Brighton. 
Well, exactly. Exactly. Um, so Terence, you know, think about it next time. If you, if you, if you do it again, mate, you know, try and try and plan it a bit better. Um, okay. So the, some of the sort of news in the recent days today, the probably the latest news that sort of was really, uh, controversial for us was the Umar Niasse debacle. Um, He's been banned for two games for, and I quote, successful deception of a match official. Or as I saw someone quite eloquently put it on Twitter, being a fucking cheat of a cunt of the highest order. Um, Everton even had the audacity to appeal the decision, which I thought was astounding. Um, that's been turned down, I think, in the last couple of hours. Yet the ban still stays at two games. I don't really, you know, it's quite all quite a new bit of football legislation. So I don't know why the appeals... An unsuccessful appeal was only resulting in the two-game ban. But, Nick, is the ban fair? It's just that he gets a ban. But I think, not necessarily that we should get the points, but I think the the team that he's playing for loses any advantage gained from the dive. So, for instance, if Everton had... Well, Everton would have lost the game 2-1 retrospectively. Yeah, I think... Yeah, I mean, I agree there. I mean, the thing that jumps out to me is that as I've said, it's the, the the crime is successful deception of a match official, which, <clears throat> excuse me, you know, that puts the onus on uh, Anthony Taylor as the one who's been sort of hard done by, you know, when it's actually Crystal Palace Football Club that's lost out, you know, we're the, you know, we're the ones that, you know, had a penalty given against us. And, you know, and going one further, you know, you look at, you know, Southampton and West Ham are going to benefit from it, you know, not again, not us, Um if, Go on, Nick. Yeah, well, the, the last diver we had, we bought. And he's been rubbish lately. But yeah, Benteke. So maybe uh, that's a sign. You think you think you think we've, we're reaping what we've sown by... Yeah, we nearly signed him as well, didn't we? You know, that's yeah. maybe something that we No, when uh, Benteke played for Liverpool. For Liverpool, yeah. He dived to win a penalty, didn't we? Didn't it's, am- it's amazing. And then we bought how, him. It's amazing how I've completely forgotten that just you, you do like a whitewash in your memory yeah. he's always been like an absolute hero um tim are you aggrieved that we get no form of apology or conversation would you like to see the punishment be a bit more you know geared towards giving us points obviously i'd like to but i just suppose it's impossible to enforce really um i mean what what i find strange is uh david unsworth's view on the whole whole incident he seems to think that a dangerous presence has been set by by this ruling um, and they feel hard done by it and I, I find it hard to believe because I've not heard of any anybody since the weekend that has said it wasn't a dive so I'm, I'm not really sure where he's coming from um, and like you say we're, we're the ones that suffer uh, and really we'd probably like Niasse to be playing against uh, the next two opponents because actually not playing is, um, is hindering us in some respects. I've got a couple of bits from uh, an Everton forum here um, one of them said uh Tim Cahill, I don't think it's him. Hope Crystal Palace are two points from safety come the end of the season now. Someone needs to pay for this injustice. But the counter-argument is they're, they're all blaming um, match of the day for it. And Sheep jumping on the bandwagon because um, Shearer and the Grinch, known as Neville the Lowest, pointed it out. But, yeah, they're sure, going to look at it surely, anyway. Surely that should be the bandwagon if you're a sheep jumping on it. Come on, Nick, I expect better from you, mate. Oh, dear. It's Wednesday, it's midweek. I'm not on my best midweek. <laughs> well, I'll try and ram one in later. Yeah, we, 
Um, no, look, you know, Ever, I, I can't. I, I really don't think he's got a. Um, and again, this isn't a, this isn't a terrible diving pun. I don't think anyone's got a leg to stand on in the in the case. It's it's clearly a dive. There, the rules. Okay, it's a new rule. Um, whether you agree with it or not, that's you know that's the punishment. So I think they just need to have to just suck it up and live with that one. Um, the other bit of news this week was regarding a bit of X. You know, it's, it's poignant for us and for Stoke is that poor old Tony Pulis has been let go from West Brom after no win in 10 games. Um, don't know what everybody thinks about that. I mean, the most intriguing part is, I don't know if you've seen who the, the favourite to take over is. Tim, have you seen who's the favourite to take over now? Al, Al Super Al, isn't it? Yes. Alan Pardew, please make your way to the dance floor. <laughs> by, by, by all accounts, interviewed today, and West Brom fans aren't best pleased. I, yeah, I... I what 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 I wanted to get onto playing playing devil's advocate, obviously they're, they're replacing a former Palace manager with a former Palace manager. But should uh, should something unexpected happen to Roy Hodgson and, and the only the only two people out there were Tony Pulis and Alan Pardew, which one do you go for, Nick? Um, Neil Warnock. I didn't say that, did I? I know, but I'd... <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I don't know. It's frying pan and fire, isn't it? Police would get you out of it, but yeah, Pardew goes on very, very good runs that make you think you're going to qualify for Europe, and that's more <laughs> exciting than Police keeping us away from relegation. I think just that Tim, hope for a little while. Tim, I've got a gun to your head. Pardew and Pulis are hovering over a, the latest managerial contracts with a pen for Crystal Palace Football Club. Wow, what a choice! Um, well, due just to more sales of caps in the uh, in a club shop, I'd probably go Tony Pulis then. Fair uh, enough. I mean, it boils down to: do you like naked headbutts or do you like dancing on the touchline? You know, that's because that's what those two characters have been distilled down to me throughout their sort of footballing careers. Um, I I wouldn't like to choose. Let's put it that way. But ho- hopefully, hopefully, you made us. Yeah, yeah. If you're, <laughs> some of the some of the crap Terence comes out with, you know. The, the, well, the tide has turned. Let's wrap Roy up in uh, cotton wool, I'd say. Yeah, bless him. Bless him. Um, what else have we seen this week? Oh, uh, Steve Parrish has come out and described selling Glenn Murray as a mistake uh, to the Croydon advertiser. Uh, he's quoted as saying, the fact that Glenn is not at this club is a massive regret for me. Uh, we made a mistake, simple as that. He did have a cruciate injury and I was told by managers he wasn't good enough and that he wouldn't make it. Uh, he goes on to say, it's difficult. They're your football experts. I don't think they were doing it out of spite that they didn't like Glenn. That's actually what they believed at the time. Tim, is Parrish being smart there and covering, covering himself? Obviously, Glenn Murray in a little bit of a purple patch as we approach playing uh, that other club. Um, you know, passing the blame on to managers as to why he was sold. And note the plural in managers there. Is he being smart there? Yeah, I think he is. I think he's getting in there quick, just in case. Um, but, I mean... I don't understand why there's regrets there, really, because, yeah, admittedly, it would have been good to have um, a decent replacement for Murray at the time. But, you know, I, he's he's got a bit of a pearl patch at the moment, but I don't know. Do you honestly think it's going to continue? Because I'm not, I'm not convinced. Um, I think if we're looking for, you know, moving forwards, we need someone a bit better than Glenn Murray, if I'm honest. Yeah, no, I'm, I mean, I certainly sway to that way of thinking. Uh Nick, Parrish often gets labelled as, you know, this sort of over-encompassing control freak who maybe gets too involved with 
who comes and who goes. But, you know, here he's quite openly saying he listened to the uh, so-called experts and, you know, backs what is ultimately their decision. Uh, again, you know, is it a can't-win scenario for Parrish? Because he's not going to, you know, if he's saying other people have said to let him go and he's backed them, you know, are the, are the Parrish doubters going to believe that? Or again, are they going to say he's just covering his behind? Out of players we've let go recently, and I'm, I don't mean sold begrudgingly. You know, Klein, we didn't let go. We sold, we sold begrudgingly. We sold uh, Moses begrudgingly. We sold Murray because we thought he wasn't very good enough. Now, he's, like you said, he's in a purple patch. Um, good luck to him. But how many other players have we let go that have been rubbish? So, you know, for one to carry on doing well, that's not bad out of all the all the crud we've got rid of. So it's inevitable one's going to come good. He no, just happens he plays for Brighton. Well, exactly. I, th- I, th- I think there's always there's always a sense of, you know, looking back and only remembering all the positive stuff. You know, it, I think people maybe need to realise, you know, it's taken Murray, of, you know, having a full season in the championship, you know, which is ultimately a lower level, you know, to get himself fully, you know, fit and, and back on form. And, you know, he wouldn't he wouldn't have got that had we not let him go, um, you know, and, and, and that's the other thing that comes into it. You know, it's not just us. He hasn't gone straight from us to Brighton. You know, he did go via Bournemouth, who obviously didn't, you know, didn't want to hold on to him much longer either. So I, I think that the people that are harking on, and, and this comes into a bit of Dwight Gale as well, the people that, you know, you're using it as a stick to to sort of beat the club or, or parish with. Um I don't know. Do we think everyone just needs to move on a little bit and just hope he doesn't score next Tuesday? <laughs> well, the Brighton fans laughed at him when he got injured, didn't they? Was it yeah, the that was semi-final. So you know, hopefully he'll, he'll be agent agent Murray. But if if he does score, can we have the whole stand, the whole away end, saying FFS Murray because that would <laughs> just make my day? <laughs> yeah, well, it's. Uh... Let's let's hope it's something we don't have to even consider. Yeah. Um, the other thing that came out uh, yesterday, Crystal Palace obviously took over the box park in Croydon. I'm going to pretend I know what that is, uh, but it sounds like a, a, a resounding success. It's probably a good idea by the club to you know try and raise a bit of morale and get the first team out there to do a bit of PR with the fans. Um, well, I did hear rumours that Patrick van Arnholt nearly bolted out of the fire escape when he saw some rain clouds approaching have been strenuously denied. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but one of the more interesting things to come out of that was that Steve Parrish promising again, and I quote, a major announcement on the stadium before Christmas. How exciting. Um, so every, I think everyone was sort of, you know, very intrigued by that. And then, I mean, you can always trust a, a councillor to spoil the party. Um, I think it was, is his name Timothy Godfrey? Uh, straight to Parrish directly on Twitter with following saying, how can you make a major announcement about the stadium when you haven't done a site master plan or engaged local community? Everyone wants Sellers Park to work and council willing to use CPO powers to make it work. He's fully taken advantage of the new character limit on Twitter. Um, I'm not going to pretend I know what a CPO is, so I had to look it up on... Purchase order, I believe. I think you're right. Now, does it mean Sainsbury's or does it mean the houses in the surrounding area? Yeah, so Wikipedia describes it as a legal function in the UK that allows bodies which need to obtain land or property to do so without consent of the owner. It may be enforced if a proposed development is considered one for public betterment. Um, Obviously, we haven't, according to the council, we've not asked for that yet or, again, not even come up with a a master plan. Um, 
site plan, whatever they're calling it. I don't know, in, in this case, do you think, again, is, is Parish being smart, Tim, by making an announcement about redeveloping uh, Sellhurst, maybe whilst the council is still in the dark, to maybe apply a bit of pressure? Yeah, it sounds like it. I mean, you would think that Parish knows what he's doing. Um, such a big kind of announcement and of such importance. He must have something, you know, he must have uh, something uh, planned there, you know, something um, that that we don't know about. I just can't believe that he'd just make these comments without, you know, there's something there to back it up. Mm. I think are we one step away from him just going full Simon Jordan and just declaring that he's developed the ground without doing a single thing and getting T-shirts done. <laughs> <laughs> the, other, the, the, other, the other theory that's been mooted that, as to why the council don't know anything or the local council don't know anything about it is that maybe it's not Sellers Park that, you know, is, gonna, is where the long-term future is. You know, Nick, do you think we could be looking further afield maybe? Well, we had the original, when he first gave the idea of a new stadium, we had that flashy kind of image of a stadium in Crystal Palace Park. It looked quite good, but <laughs> that's the only place I can think of, really, that, that, that's got the land locally and the, the transport infrastructure. You don't want to end up being Brighton with a little railway station next to you, sort of Thomas the Tank Engine style. Um, I like Sellhurst, and I think it was, uh, who did we play on Saturday? Or who, who did we play in the last home game? It's completely Everton. forgotten, but they, they said Everton, they, they loved it because it was a proper football ground and they had a rave in the little courtyard out the back and you can't do that any any other grounds and football's losing that character so I hope we don't go into some homogenous kind of bowl that everybody and, else has got and we gifted them a point so I'm not surprised they loved it yeah um, well I think the ref gifted them a point wow Scott mm. let's not get on let's not do this <laughs> let's not do it let's not do it uh, right, we're going to take a, a short break, and then after that, um, we won't be speaking to a Stoke fan. Sorry. There are 99 reasons to hate Brighton. Homophobia doesn't need to be one of them. Follow us on Twitter at Proud and Palace. Okay, let's start looking at the uh, the Stoke game this weekend. Um, Nick, going to go to you first. Based yes. on what based on what we saw on on Saturday against Everton is. Is Christian Benteke making your first eleven, or was he a bit too rusty for you? Do you want to keep the four four two? What are you thinking? I'm thinking bench him again um, because I think Zaha and Townsend are just getting going and just beginning to to show a lot more togetherness in the in the right and bright mould, even uh, the way they play off of each other, which is good. It, it leaves the idea of crossing in. But um, looking at the way Stoke play with five at the back, um, their their fullbacks go forward quite a bit, and they reckon that Zaha will rip them a new one if they're left with just three at the back. Um, so going by what Stoke fans are saying, keep it keep it with Zaha and Townsend because Townsend can effectively do what Zaha does, but on the other side now, just not so flashily. So Fla- I'd keep flashily. Yeah. Good. Is that a word? Well, yeah, it'll have to be, wouldn't it? Not as flash, Lee. Not as flash. <laughs> Tim, what about you? Do you, do you? do you think there's an argument for going back to 4-3-3 now, Benteke's fit? Uh, well, the thing is, from, from what we saw the other day, I don't think he is really fit enough. Um, I think I'd put him on the bench again. Um, 
the only way he's going to get fit is by playing. But we don't really have the luxury of sort of doing that at the moment. So like like Nick, I think we should start with Townsend and Zahar and uh, um, hopefully we can do enough and, and then bring Benteke on, um, get a bit of uh, you know game time near the end again. But I just don't think he's he's quite ready yet, to be honest. And are you within that system? Are you, are you keeping it personnel exactly the same, MacArthur, and as we lined up in the midfield? Yeah, I didn't see too much wrong. I know we made a couple of, of bad mistakes, but you know, I'd like to think they won't happen again. And and I, I actually thought we was entertain, you know, entertaining for ninety minutes. And I wouldn't change a great deal if I'm honest. I thought you know it was a good enough performance. If we just cut out those silly errors, um, I think we'd be just fine. I mean, it certainly got off to a flyer and, you know, James MacArthur coming back in and getting on the score sheet, you know, almost straight off the bat. Um, after some, I've got to say, after some great work from Ruben Loftus-Cheek, I mean, I've I've been quite, I wouldn't say harsh, but I've not been overly impressed with what I've seen from Loftus-Cheek so far. And I have to include, I didn't see these England games everyone's talking about, but, you know, on, on Saturday, he looked to be doing positive stuff and, you know, it looked like he's, he was a bit fitter and, you know, the the little bits of close control that aren't quite Zaha-esque, but, you know, they're halfway there and dropping the shoulder and getting past people all, all seem to look like they're coming off. So uh, hopefully see more of that. Um, are we all keeping, uh, just just a, just a, you know, due diligence, are we all keeping Speroni and Gull? We, no one's going to lynch him after Saturday's, shall we say, mix-up? No, 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 no. I mean, he made up for it in the second half with that fantastic save. and Yeah, that's a great um, save. It was a great save. And, you know, at the time, I felt, well, I don't want to dwell on it, but I felt it was Speroni's fault. But at the end of the day, you can't drop Speroni. Um, you know, I don't think... No, no. Wayne Hennessy could. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. It just, it just comes out. It just comes out. Um, yeah, it's... Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm torn, really, because I, I can see it. Like you say, we need to get Ben Teke up to speed. And the only way he's going to do that is is playing so there's a there's a big part of me that that would maybe go the four I mean I, I sat here this time last week and told Terence I want to play the four four two with Benteke and Zaha up front but like I say obviously last week he he really wasn't that fit you know this week I, I do wonder if going back to having the three central midfielders will sort of help us win that what will no doubt be a fairly ugly battle in the middle of the park well, they've, got, um, they've got Joe Allen as you know we're going to have to have somebody on him um, he's is one of my favourite players for a different team. You know, I'd have him in our team any any day of the week. Um, and Zoom has not been playing that well by all accounts. So um, if we can keep those two quiet, and obviously um, Shakira, no Shakiri, not Shakira. Shakira, <laughs> Shakira, Shakiri. Um, don't, don't get his breasts confused with mountains because they are small and humble. Oh dear. Much like Shakira's. <laughs> um, and obviously, we'll need we'll need to keep uh, him in check with his uh, marauding runs down the, down the wing. Um, we'll ward cope with him, and whoever's backing up ward, will they be able to help out enough? It's odd, really, because I, th- I think Stoke, even even now, I think you know, think of of Stoke City, and you, I just you know, you hark, you hark back to Glenn Whelan, and who, who was the uh, who was the chap that could throw the ball a, an awfully long way? Oh. When they first, when they first came up into the into the Premier League, and their main weapon was the was the long throw, and but it wasn't Shawcross, was it? No, no, it, was, no. Uh, it'll it'll come to me. I'm just 
probably it was a left, left back, wasn't it? It was a left That's back. Ruin this show in Terence's absence. But yeah, you actually, when you actually look at their squad on paper now, you know, I mean, they did seem to do have a some sort of kidnapping system as players got released from Barcelona. You know, they somehow seem to end up at, at Stoke. You know, they, they do have a, a tidy side, and they're not the they're not the big bruisers that are. You know, in my head, I still associate them with you know that classic sort of Tony Pulis sort of era and you know we might we might find ourselves you know in, in an actual game of football rather than a, a, a filthy scrap as again as, as, as which is what I immediately think of when um no I, I think it will be a, a championship game in quality myself I'm looking forward to seeing uh, Sako up against Juve if that happens um that'd be interesting but I, I think it'll be a poor game well, as long as we get the points, I don't... As long as we get the points, yeah. As long as we get I mean, the we're, points. We're playing well and not getting the points, so if we win ugly, and I think we will have to against this lot. Nice. Right, another quick jingle, then we'll come back with some statistics. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Homesdale Radio Preview Podcast. Crowdfunded by Palace fans for Palace fans. Okay, so we've sort of gone through roughly how we want to see us line up. Uh, I'm, I mean, I say we've. Ch- I, I'm just not sure at the moment. I'm, I'm really torn in two minds. Um, but let's just take a look at look at some st- statistics. Stoke currently sitting in fifteenth with thirteen points. That's four from safety. Um, can you imagine that, boys, being 15th with 13 points, four from safety? Luxury. Amazing. Luxury. <laughs> it's only four from safety, though. You know? Yeah. But, uh, um, yeah uh, well, fair enough. Uh, they're, they've sort of had a mixed bag of results. The last five Premier League results, it was a, a two-all away at Brighton. Before that, it was a two-all draw at home to Leicester. They managed to beat Watford away 1-0, which is a pretty good result considering Watford are doing fairly well these days. Uh, lost at home to Bournemouth before that and then the last game before that was a 7-2 loss away at Man City which I would laugh at but uh, it's the same deficit <laughs> that we lost by <laughs> and there's an argument to say at least they're in the match momentarily. Uh, top scorer this season Nick, Tim, any guesses? Shakira. Crouch. <laughs> Peter Crouch. It is Crouchy. No surprise, really, because he's normally at the top of most things. So um, I can't believe he's still still a thing. Uh, let's look at head-to-head results. I guess I mean it reads quite good for us. We're undefeated in our last five home games against Stoke. Four of those being wins. 
Can anybody remember the score last season? Was it 4-1? It was a 4-1. Tompkins scored. That's all I can remember. Tim, can you name any other scorers? Uh, Scott Dan. Um, Townsend got one, didn't he? Yeah, I think it was Townsend's only good game for probably six months, first six months of the season, in my humble opinion. The last goal scorer was James MacArthur. Oh, goal machine. Oh. Goal machine. Uh, the last time we faced Stoke was away. Uh, we lost 1-0, courtesy of the aforementioned Joe Allen. Other things of note, that was Lucas' first game. And I do seem to us remember, uh, remember us struggling with Peter Crouch's knockdowns, which doesn't bode well. Uh, it's pretty a forgettable game otherwise, which probably overshadowed by the previous week's drubbing by Sunderland. Uh, the good news is, this week's referee is one of my personal favourites, everyone, Mike Dean. Oh, no. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, this is where it gets really depressing. The last time he oversaw a Palace League win, if anybody gets it, if anybody can guess this, they can have uh, something nice. Is it like three, three years ago or something that bad? It's not quite three. It's two years ago. Two, December 12, 2015, when we beat Southampton 1-0 at home. And that, again, um, no light and shade, uh, that's only one out of a grand total of two league wins with him officiating. So make of that what you will. Is that what they call it? Officiating? I think so. I, you know, I mean, look, I could, let, let's go back to how they describe <laughs> and diving, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Successfully decepting a, a whatever it is deception of a referee I mean successful <laughs> deception <laughs> successful yeah. deception good name for a band actually um, yeah so yeah so that's that's like I say they've they've drawn their last two away uh, sorry they've drawn their last two games they've scored two in their last games and they did they did beat Watford away so Again, these winnable games that we keep talking about, this this one this one's looking less and less like one of those. Um, but on the on the plus side, looking at the the Stoke forums this afternoon, they they're fed up with Mark Hughes. They think everything's gone a bit turgid, and I think they're going through a bit of a nothing really exciting happens and almost a kind of Peter Taylor period, but managing to stay mid table, if you know what I mean. Just really dull for them. I mean, it must be. It must be fair. Uh, not, not that I'm encouraging stability in football clubs, but you know, since they came up under Tony Pulis, you know, and he was there forever. And then I think it was it 2013, he left, and Mark Hughes came in, and they've been. You know, they've they've, they've only had two man. They've only had two managers in, a, you know, a good stint in the Premier League. So I can certainly see. Again, is it is it the be careful what you wish for? You know, they're are they asking for one of those dreaded transitions that we try to do? Uh, should they just be content with mid-table obscurity, maybe pushing for a top ten place every now and then? And and you know, again, you look at their squad; they've got some they've got some talented players in there. It's not um, Rory Delap. Well done. That's the one. And I did look that up on your life, Nick. Um, yeah, Rory Delap. You know, they've got some they've got some talent there. So I. My, my wise advice to a Stoke fan would be be careful what you wish for. Um, cool. Well, that's that's the vital the vital numbers on this week's game. So we're going to take another quick jingle and uh, 
We'll be back with some predictions. Homesdale Radio Preview Podcast. Crowdfunded by Palace fans for Palace fans. Okay, it is prediction time. Always a tricky game, certainly if you're me. Uh, last week's predictions for the Everton game. Terence the Jammy done a, a predicted one all. Uh, that means he snuck into the league with nine points in our presenter prediction league. Uh, Nick Gusset, you're on three points with me. Oh, oh, th- I'm not even sure that's mid mid table obscurity, is it? That's just that's just bad. Where to Tim, go? Tim, you're doing all right. You're on seven. Yeah, and I should have done better on Saturday because I had three two, and oh. I honestly thought we were going to do it as well. So, <clears throat> oh mate, well listen. One good week. I don't, I'm not even sure Terence has predicted anything because he's otherwise engaged, shall we say? Uh, you know, one good week, mate, and you could be top. Yeah, this so is my this, week. This is my this week. Is your week. Come on, just take a deep breath. I'm going to go through some listener predictions from Facebook first. Okay. Yeah, in the zone. Yeah. Let's go for it. So, some listener predictions from Facebook: uh, Julie Griffiths and Todor Dimitrov Radnev, which is a wicked name. Have gone for a two-one Palace win. Uh, Ricky Anderson has said 3-1 uh, because he'll have his lucky charm Laura with him. Uh, Ricky, I'd like to know Laura's track record uh, results and the game she's attended to see if I can get him, you know, get on board with that. Chris White has gone for 2-0 and he's gone as far to say Townsend and Benteke will score. Uh, Rob Crayford 2-1 Palace. These are all very positive. Linda Drew 1-0 Palace. Uh, surely I'd, sorry, right. I'd have thought it would be Linda Drew. One <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Linda Drew <laughs> gone for a draw again. Uh, Peter Curley, he sounds familiar. Going for the same as last year's fixture with 4 1, although that will be a Zaha hat trick and one from Benteke. And bringing us all back down to earth with a bump, it's Lawrence Hines, who's gone for a 2 0 reverse in Stokes' favour. So, just looking at what the other guys who aren't currently with us have predicted. Chris Hambling, gone for a 2-0 Palace win. Ed's gone for a 1-0 Palace win. Patrick O'Quana has gone for a 2-1 Palace. Uh, And Mikey has gone for a 1-0 loss. Well done, Mikey. And Billiam, who's our preferred producer, has gone for a 2-2 draw. Uh, Earlier on Twitter, we did a poll to see what the... Twitterverse thought and it was um, uh, we'll smash the Potters which was a win we'll do Stoke which was the draw and our Stoke it up your ass was the loss um, quite interestingly both the win and the draw have got 42% and only 16% of the I say that you know I'm talking about the 100 people that voted not all of Twitter obviously uh, went for a 16% have gone for a loss so plenty of that's about 60 more than fan TV got. We're doing all right. Oh, steady on. Yeah, that's kind of died of death, didn't it? So, yeah, I mean, 84% of people don't think we'll lose, which, I mean, that's that's an awful lot of people, isn't it? Is um, it more more hope than judgment? Um, uh, yeah, I'd probably. Um, I think, I, I don't know, I, I think second half against West Ham, you know, it was a really decent performance. Everton, it was... You know, sloppy mistakes from us and obviously the referee, not aided by uh, cheating, uh, that's, that's seen us not come away with all the points there. So, you know, it's got to come off one day, isn't it? I think, you know, we're the, the, the play's positive. I mean, that, that Zaha goal, 
is an exquisite bit of play and you know Joe Ward putting in a decent ball and I mean the finish from Zaha running in outside of the boot you know that's that is that is a striker's finish and I think that's why I'm so heavily swayed to keeping him up up top because I think he's he's just becoming an all-round all-round megastar um so with that in mind Tim yeah go I'm positive I'm gonna go for a 2-1 win this weekend 2-1-1 okay good one mate Nick how about you 3-0 Palace for a Luke will score a penalty and Zaha will get one and I think Benteke will get one near the end when he comes on as sub Nice. Well, given given how the prediction league's going, I'm gonna I'm gonna jump on Tim's back and go with a two. <laughs> <laughs> Hope that I can reap the rewards of of those three points and maybe get us up the league a little bit. Um, I think either way, it's gonna be an interesting game. And again, these these so-called winnable games that we failed to capitalise on over the last few games, we've got we you know it's it's now or never, isn't it? With the run coming up, I mean, if we don't. If we don't win this one, it's just heaps more pressure on. I mean, Brighton aside, you know these these home games we've got coming up. Was it Bournemouth and and Watford as well? You know we need to really start kicking on. So fingers crossed, this is the weekend that the worm turns. You're now going to hear the dulcet tones of Chris Hambo where, with a little message from the review show. Over to you, Hambo. Hello, preview show listeners. This is Chris Hambo from the review show, and uh, I think. You'll probably have listened to a wonderful job from Alpha uh, standing in for Terence this week. Almost certainly he has sworn so much that the majority of the show will be beeps. He's almost certainly offended at least 80% of listeners, but most of you will at least found some enjoyment in that. So uh, I'm here to not only talk about how great the preview show is and what a wonderful job everyone does on that, but also to direct you to the review show, which is live on a Sunday and of course released as a podcast as soon as the live show is over so do subscribe to both uh, stick with us and um, yeah let's hope things get better on the pitch hey eh? nice one okay well looking at my to-do list I think we've covered everything that you know Terence might have covered he might have out of a few more bit, bit you know bits of magic up his sleeve but that's how did he go away mate so I just want to say thank you to um, Tim. Thanks, man. Pleasure. It's been a pleasure. Um, the other Nick, you know, normally it's Phil, this is Phil Potts' gig, that's it, and you've you've come in and you know you're wearing his dressing gown, you've got his slippers and his pipe, drinking his brandy. How does it feel? Um, Wednesday-ish. Wednesday, yeah, middle of the week, and it could go either yeah. way. Yeah, we're past uh, the tipping point, so it's not too bad. Yeah, exactly. Good show, Ben Shepherd. Uh, okay, so yeah, so thank you very much for joining me, guys. I hope uh, hope it hasn't been too painful. Um, just a little bit of housekeeping. It's been mentioned a few times, and it's on our social sort of streams. We do have the the Holmesdale Radio Advent Calendar coming up. So first of December, you're going to start getting a daily download of. Uh, Top secret at this stage, mini interviews with uh, all all personalities, Palace related, past players, etc., etc., and that'll be um, twenty four little bits of little bits of gold that you can have uh, every day on us. Um, so yeah, listen. Until next time, let's hope we get a result and up the Palace.
The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.